Welcome to the Grit to Greatness podcast. Thanks for tuning in and making your choice to win. This is the show where we not only motivate and inspire, we give you tactical strategies to implement on your way to greatness. And now, here's your host, Chuck Farmer. Welcome, everyone, to the latest podcast chapter of Grit to Greatness. Very excited to be here today. I have a very special guest. Um, He's a pastor. He's a uh, husband, father. He's an author, all-around good guy. But he's also the pastor of the Journey Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. And he's also about to start a ministry called Knowing Jesus Ministries. And so I'm very happy to introduce to you Mr. Eric Reed. Welcome, Eric. Hey, thanks for having me, Chuck. Yeah, glad for you to be here. Uh, I've been looking forward to this one for quite a while. We have a very special um, podcast today to talk about how to improve spiritually. You know, in our podcasts, um, we talk about how to improve, how to be great through grit. And we most of the time think about physically and uh, and at work, sales-wise, a lot of our listeners are salespeople. Um, But spiritually is the most important one. And so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about uh, the fact that, yes, um, we can improve spiritually in 2021 and beyond. So um, let's talk about that for a minute. First of all, we often talk about setting goals in the other areas of our lives. And we set goals for getting in better shape. We set goals for being in so much in sales this year. But we don't often set goals or things like that spiritually. Can you talk a bit about why you think that is and what happens there? Yeah, well, the reason we set goals in these other areas of our lives is because we want to actually accomplish those things. Uh, so we want to make improvements. We want to, you know, achieve certain accomplishments or reach certain milestones. And so we know if we don't set goals, we want, we won't actually improve. We won't change. We won't adapt. And it seems like we're okay with doing that in, in work and with our health. But for some reason, um, I think we over-spiritualize uh, doing that in our walk and our walk with God and our faith. And we feel like that has to be more organic in order for it to be, you know, uh, authentic. We think it has to be organic in order for it to count. And I think, I think that's a wrong approach. I I actually think that um, like anything else, if we want to get better at something, if we want to improve in something, if we want to grow, let's just call it growth. We just want to grow as individuals. um, Then we have to have, we need goals to aim for. We, We, we want to say, this is where I am and this is where I want to be. How can I get there? Because if we don't, I think this is the, 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 I think this is the deception. I think we believe that in, in our spiritual life, we'll just gravitate towards that. But we know that that's not true physically. We know that's not true in our, in our work. We won't just gravitate towards getting better. I think we have to think about it the same way spiritually. We, we don't morph organically towards growth. And so you need to set goals. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love this discussion because, like I said, my whole life I've raised in church. And, of course, I've known you your whole life, basically, from the church we went to when you were younger. And, yeah. you know, I just have always felt the desire to grow closer to the Lord. But yet, I, even I felt like it was just unspiritual to set spiritual goals. It's almost like we're trained or taught that we just, that God leads us and God tells right. us what to do all the time. And so we're, we don't have a part in it, which means then we're not really truly trying to grow. 
That's right. Well, you know, in Philippians, it talks about working out your salvation with fear and trembling. And it says, for it is the Lord who works and wills for his good pleasure. But notice that what that passage says is that there's two things that are happening. We work out our salvation. There's something that we are doing. There's an active nature to growing. But then it says, for it is God who works it out. It's God who does the, so here's what we, we want God to do his part of growing us without putting any inputs in. That's how a lot of people act. Um, but that's not what scripture says. Scripture says that we are to work it out. Um, in, in, in Hebrews, there's a passage that says, um, strive for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. That word strive is a verb. It's, it's active. We're to strive for holiness. And so that means there's a, there's a labor uh, and a work. And I think where we get this confused is we confuse words like work out your salvation uh, with fear and trembling and striving for holiness uh, to mean that we're somehow earning or achieving something on our own without the Lord's hand. And that's not what those passages are saying at all. Um, it, what it's indicating to us is that there is a work for us to do and th that the Lord then bears fruit from, you know, and First Corinthians, Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God brought the growth. We don't expect farmers to walk out and look for crops without planting and watering. And the same is true spiritually. Awesome. I love this. You know, and as you're talking, I was thinking about, you know, you talk about how we work and then God helps us through the path. And, you know, people use coaches physically to work out and stuff. That's a big thing now. Um, and then also with business, it's becoming a bigger and bigger deal where people pay a coach to coach them. And so right. it's almost like we have the best coach in the world there to help us. If we're doing our part, then the coach is there to help us along the path and to really truly show us the way. Absolutely. Well, the thing is, is, you know, we are to, we are to um, invest in putting the inputs in if we want the outputs. Yeah, you, you know, this in business, right? If you want a certain output, then you need to monitor and, and be engaged with the inputs. Um, if I want the tree to fall, then I need to lay the ax to it. I don't just wait for the tree to fall. Um, there's a great passage. I think maybe this is the passage for this discussion. First right. um, Timothy 4, First Timothy 4, um, verses 7 and 8 says, Train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, in other words, he says, yeah, it's, it's valuable to train your body. Godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So he, he actually tells us to train for godliness and he's actually equating it or he's, he's explaining it in the sports metaphor. Um, and he likens the, you know, the Greek runners, they run for a prize. And so he's telling us we should train for godliness. And just like we would train for a bodily, um, you know, performance in sports. Um, nobody goes, nobody preparing for the Super Bowl next weekend is sitting on their couch doing nothing. They're training. And for us, we're called to do the th same thing spiritually. We're called to grow spiritually, not by keeping our fingers crossed, hoping we just mature, but we're to invest in that maturity, the, the tra to train for that godliness. Wow, that's awesome. Awesome. I love that. So 1 Timothy 4, 7, and 8, we're tra training yourself for godliness. That's so right. if that's the case, and we are goal setters, you know, Many of us are, and we talk about how we need to do a better job of setting goals in other areas. What are some goals that we could set spiritually? Yeah, that's a good question. 
So I think there's a lot of different kinds of goals and they, they could all be good, right? I mean, there's goals for growing in our knowledge. And so there could be certain goals that we set around that, that, you know, um, that achievement. Maybe it's just memorizing a certain amount of verses or maybe it's reading a certain number of books or maybe it's getting through the Bible in a year. Or there's good goals for growing in our knowledge. There's also goals for improving in prayer. So perhaps we want to um, say, you know, I want to pr start praying up to an hour a day. Um, and maybe it's broke down over multiple small blocks of prayer, right? But the goal is one hour every day, I want to be praying uh, and talking to the Lord. I think another really good goal for us is in the area of fighting sin. And so there may be things like, hey, this this sin I've struggled with my whole life, or this is this sin seems to have a foothold in my life. Um, a good goal would be to say, I'm going, I'm going to put this sin to death this year. This is going to be the end of this. Or over the next six months, I'm going to win the battle over this sin that I seem to have constantly lingering around my life. There's lots of goals like that um, spiritually. I mean, you can set goals for serving others. You can set goals in sharing your faith. You can set goals. So you can go from as inward to as outward in terms of goal setting as you want. And I would say all of those are good. It's, it shouldn't be one or the other. It's, it's yes and amen to all of them. But I would, I would recommend for sure setting handfuls of goals as opposed to I'm going to set 50 goals and I'm going to nail them all because you know, Chuck, as I do, if you don't set goals, if you set too many goals, um, then you may not hit any of them and you're going right. to be discouraged. Um, right. So I would pick a handful and run after those and then I just keep that. adding goals. And we're going to, we're actually going to be doing a podcast very soon, specifically about goal setting in, in, in all areas. So I think that would help, but I agree hundred percent. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about like, you're talking about prayer and it's like, some people will say, well, it's a relationship with God. It's a relationship. Right. And that's exactly right. It is. But that's you right. think about your relationship with your children or your spouse or friends, you specifically set time. You might say, I'm going to that's take right. my daughter out on a daddy daughter date. That's right. I'm going to make sure I have a date night with my wife. You set, you know, it doesn't take away from that relationship. It can actually make sure you have that relationship. That's right. If we say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get closer to my, my, my spouse this year. You don't just cross your fingers and hope you get closer. You, you, you set up opportunities for those, you know, for that opportunity. So maybe you date night every week. Maybe you set aside time every night for conversation before bed, or maybe you plan a, a yearly getaway, just the two of you. In other words, it, it's really time together. It's really what it boils down to and lots of different ways you can do it. Yeah. So yeah, if we want to draw closer to God in prayer, then we set time. And, and I think a couple of things, if you want to set prayer goals, I think there's a couple of ways you can go about it. I think you could set a goal for, Hey, the first thing I'm going to do every day is pray. So my first goal is that it's the first thing, right? Every day. My goal is for this week, for these next seven days, the first thing I'll do is pray. That's a good goal. That has nothing to do with length of time. It has nothing to do with any of those things. It's just first thing. And then maybe your second goal around prayer is, you know, I'm going to pray um, for 30 minutes a day and I'm going to set up different times to do that. So I'm going to set alarms on my phone. I'm going to pray for five minutes at lunch break. I'm going to pray for five minutes on my way home. And there's so many creative ways you can do it. But what goals help you do is, uh, is ensure that you're doing the things uh, input wise to achieve those. So it's like 30 minutes forces me to think, how am I going to get that 30 minutes in? But when I get there, I'm not trying to check a box to say goal 
achieved. The goal when I'm there is I want to connect to God. That's right. Yeah, I mean, uh, we often, the next step is we talk about goals and we talk about the goals not enough. You have to have processes. That's and right. We kind of started moving into that, talking about, for example, I love this one. Simple that every listener listening to this can do. Hey, I'm going to talk to God first thing every yep. morning for the next week. Just set that goal to start. That's and how right. that's going to change your life. I mean, that's a specific process of a goal of getting closer to the Lord spiritually. That's right. And we can do the same thing with Bible reading. I mean, we can say, hey, look, you don't have to read the Bible in a year. There's nothing magical about that. But you might say, hey, that's my goal. Or I'm going to read the Bible over the course of the next two years. But here's what you do. You get a plan and you start working the plan. You say, okay, I'm going to read these passages today because that's what it says on here. And again, as long as we keep our hearts in a posture that says it's not about checking the box, it's about seeking the Lord, but I'm making sure that I'm prioritizing this. I'm making sure by setting goals, I'm forcing myself to prioritize that it happens because this is where everybody goes off. It's not that we have an inability to set goals. I mean, you ask anybody like, hey, give yourself some goals. Man, we're great at setting goals. That's right. We're just not good at going after achieving them because we don't change our behavior patterns is what happens. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I literally just read something today um, that said that by now, 80 something percent of people have completely given up on any New Year's resolutions. I mean, we're yeah, great right. at resolutions and goals. That's right, because they set goals. They just didn't change any of their patterns of, of behavior. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we pray that for the people listening to this today, that they will um, use this as an opportunity to set some spiritual goals and some processes. And I'll, I'll tell you, my, my personal thing is a, um, I've always wanted to memorize more scripture. Yeah. So the version app, like a lot of people do, and I'll find a scripture that I really like and I'll screenshot it. And I even put them in an album. I've got an album on my phone right now, Bible verses I want to memorize. Yeah. Okay? But I've not started actually memorizing. I've not spent any regular consistent time memorizing those. And so that's something that's on my heart right now. Hey, use this as an impetus to start really actually doing those things I've thought about for years and actually do them. Yeah. So one of the things I have found is the most helpful, especially for spiritual goals like that, is we got to find opportunities in the course of our regular rhythms to do these things. So for example, you know, most people have some kind of drive to work or some kind, they have some kind of involvement of driving somewhere for work, whether it be to work or on a sales call or something of that nature. And, and to redeem that time, that's where you can spend it on prayer. You can spend it on, you know, on my way to work, I'm going to pray. I'm going to way back from work. I'm going to work on my Bible verse that I'm memorizing. There's a lot of ways you can schedule already existing time and just redeem it better than, you know, some of the things that All right. You there? Yeah. You got me. Okay. Yeah. I lost you there for a second. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying that's been the most helpful for me. Redeem the time that I've already got and just be, 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 uh, be wise in how I use those existing blocks of time. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I think that we have to be aware of those and that kind of made me think too, the fact that this doesn't take away from being aware of those times when God just puts something on our heart for that very moment. It doesn't take away from those times. Right. When maybe God's that's right. To do something. You know, it doesn't take from that at all. Matter of fact, it will help because if we're spending time with God first thing in the morning, That's if right. we're memorizing scripture, if we're reading the Bible throughout the end of the day, we're going to be more attuned to him calling us to do other things throughout the day. That's right. We're more sensitive to his, his voice and his spirit's leading. 
And I think too, for listeners, you know, I think one of our big troubles spiritually is setting spiritual goals is we often try to make them way too big, way too quick. It's like the person who hadn't been in the gym for five years, who then says, you know, I'm going to lose 30 pounds in three weeks. It's like, you you don't, you know what, how about just lose a pound in this month? Um, and just keep doing that month after month after month. Cause here's what happens. It stacks up if you do that. So for listeners, it may not be, you know, you got to read three chapters of Bible a day. Why don't you say, I'm going to read the gospel of John over the course of this year. And I'm going to start by reading a few verses a day and I'm, but I'm going to do it every day. I'm not going to miss a day reading a few verses, thinking about them I, on my way to work. I'm going to toss them, toss them around in, in my head and think about the questions I'm going to share one of my goals every day might be to share what I learned with someone. So now I'm learning also to engage in others about what I'm reading. So you can stack goals uh, on on top of each other as well. Um, Have you read Atomic Habits before? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Great book. And he talks about stacking habits. Well, that's one thing you can do. You can say, okay, I've got two goals. One is I'm going to read the Bible every day. And two, I'm going to talk about my faith with somebody every day. Well, you can actually use those two in conjunction with each other. I'm going to read and I'm going to force myself to learn something that I can share with somebody that day. That's right. Man, that alone would be a game changer for people. That's right. Yeah. He talks about getting 1% better. That's right. 1% better. And that's what we can do spiritually. And yeah, you know, to me, you know, I can sales, you know, uh, there's all kinds of things you can monitor, but the number one thing is actual sales. Yeah. You know, to me, what I've always felt like I wanted to see is the number one thing for me personally was to share the gospel with people. Yep. You know, that's like the, you know, I, I want to pray and read the Bible, but I want to be used of him to share the gospel. That's right. And so I think that's something that we don't really, you know, it's amazing to me how many churches, entire churches don't bring anyone to the Lord every year. And yet that's kind of what our main uh, goal should be. Um, I think we need to make sure that we're aware of those opportunities to be able to share the gospel with people. Yeah. And, and that's why churches exist. We exist, we exist to share the gospel, but not just churches. That's why we as Christians. So churches are nothing but gatherings of Christians. And we are called not just as a corporate body to bring people to the Lord, but we're called individually to share the gospel. How will they hear unless someone tells them Romans 10, right? How will they know? And unless somebody shares the good news and uh, a lot of people think well that's just reserved for the pastors and the uh, super christians those are the black belt christians who do that it's like no if you know jesus you can share that's right absolutely i'm sure one of your goals at some point was this knowing jesus ministries that was something you wanted to achieve kind of talk about that process and while you're there just go ahead and tell us what this is yeah so i have felt for years one of my convictions has been um, that the local church uh, right now in America is incredibly weak. It's the church in America is weak right now. And the reason that the churches are weak is because we've got, we got shallow views of, of God. Uh, we've got inaccurate views of Jesus. We, we're, we, we are always under the pressure to conform culturally. Most Christians are not prepared for suffering in life and struggles and pain. So they're dramatic God, or, you know, they, they act shocked when, when pain and suffering come. And so you, you've got a, a malnourished church, you've got an anemic church. And um, one of the things that my, my passion is, is I want people to know the real Jesus. I, I was, you know, I, for a lot of years in my life, I thought I understood 
you know, the Lord or who the Lord was. I thought I understood what it meant to live as a Christian, but, but I didn't realize like, I, I, I didn't get it. I didn't, I didn't really get it. Um, I, I had fire insurance, you know, that's what I wanted. It was fire insurance, but I didn't know about relationship with the Lord. I didn't understand that there was more joy in walking with the Lord than there was indulging in sin and um, kind of doing life on my own. And so my passion is I want people to know that. I want people to know that. And so I believe there, there's a need to make that known, to spread that, that, that message um, in our country today. And so knowing Jesus Ministries is going to seek to do that by creating resources, whether it be uh, regular articles, podcasts, uh, publishing books. Um, we're looking at getting stuff out on TV, radio. Um, it's kind of a full court press uh, to get the gospel to people and, and really to, to disciple either the not yet believer, right, to bring them to faith, and, and the, the, the new believer or the immature believer, we really want to people to see that there's so much more than what they often settle for. They settle for far less than what God has for them. Oh, that's awesome. I love that idea. You know, that's brilliant. I agree with you. And I think that's definitely something to be looking forward to. And I look forward to hearing more about it. And as you get going, yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. definitely have you on here again to share more about it. Yeah, for sure. We're working on web development and all that right now. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make sure to get back on here and share that. Yeah. So tell us for now, if somebody wanted to learn more about you, more about your church, what are some ways they can get in touch with you? Yeah. Our church's website is TJC, uh, you know, the journey church, tjclive.com. Uh, we got sermons on there and we, we write articles regularly on there. Um, you know, apologetics types things, right. To explain defending the faith and um, helping deal with cultural issues. So if they're interested in things like that, um, I'm on Facebook, uh, Eric Reed, E-R-I-K-R-E-E-D. Um, and on Twitter and all the, all the different social media platforms. But um, yeah, I, I just, I, I think there's a huge need in this culture today, in this, in a destabilizing kind of culture that we're living in. People are, are hungry for truth. They're hungry for stability. They're hungry for foundation because there doesn't seem to be a lot of that around them. People are fearful. They're, you know, they're living in a world where it's your truth, my truth and his truth and her, her truth. And I think people are, are clamoring for something that's stable and solid. And we Christians have that to offer through the gospel, through Christ. Amen. We, we need to be out there sharing the gospel more than ever, I think. And, that's right. Um, you know, we, you need to follow Eric. You know, I will say Eric's not been political, but I really love your post and that you often post about Christians response and what's going on. Just that simple. You share a biblical view of what Christians should think about the things that are going on in our world. And I just really appreciate that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I, I think we can engage with the issues without uh, hitching ourselves to being political pundits and things of that nature. But, you know, you know, all of Christ for all of life, that's w what we should desire. We want, we want every sphere of life, the church, the government, school, the culture, we want everything to honor Christ, to glorify Christ. Every Christian should have that desire. And um, we, don't have to, we don't have to be political to speak to the issues of our day and to say, hey, this is what God says about this. This is what the Lord says. This is what honors him. And as Christians, we should care more about that than anything. Yeah. Than anything. Amen. Well, I really appreciate you being on. And definitely sounds like you're going to be back on with us sometime soon. And hey, I would love to. to that. I would yeah. love to. I always end it with a favorite Bible verse, but I wanted to give you a chance. I know you probably have a lot of favorite Bible verses, but is there one more in particular or, or that you'd like to share with us today? Um, sure. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say this. First um, Peter 2, 9 and 10 uh, is one of my favorites. Uh, you are a chosen people, right? You're a holy nation. You're a 
a royal priesthood. You're a chosen people. You're a holy nation set apart um, for, for the Lord. You belong to him to proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You were once not a people, but now you are God's people. You once did not know mercy. Now you know mercy. Um, and in that passage, what Peter says is basically, we were the outcasts. We were the forgotten. We were, but, but God has made us a holy nation, a chosen people, a royal priesthood for one reason, for one reason, to proclaim the excellencies of Christ, to show Jesus as incomparably glorious above all others. We were once not a people, now we're God's people. And that's why we do it. We once didn't know mercy, now we know mercy. So I, I, I just, I can't escape the fact that I don't deserve mercy. God could punish me and send me to hell forever if he, if he judged me according to my sins and what they deserve. But instead of that, I got his mercy and grace. I, I was once not his people, but now I am his people. And because he's done that, I exist to proclaim his excellencies. And, and that's for every believer. We, whether in your, it's in your job, or whether it's in your hobbies or whether it's in your family, we exist to proclaim the excellencies of the one who saved us, to glorify him. Um, and so I tie that a lot to 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And we should because he's worthy of it. Yeah, I love that. I appreciate it. So just to summarize our three points, I would say from today would be to set spiritual goals. Yes. Have spiritual processes. Yes. And then be aware of opportunities for God to call us to do those extra things. That's right. Yeah. Be aware. Yeah. Um, my, make make them simple. Things, make them simple. Yeah. One of my things is not just praying for people, but praying with people. You know, yeah. Look for those opportunities when somebody says, will you pray with, for me? Pray with them right then and there. Yeah. Ask them, hey, can we do it right now? Yeah. You, awesome. you know, one of the things I have found is that most people have never heard another human being pray to the living God for them. They've never heard it. Wow. They've had, they, they've had people tell them that they have prayed for them. Most people have never heard anyone else petition God on their behalf. Wow. That's impactful. It's powerful when people wow. actually get to hear it. That's why what you're saying is so powerful. When you say, yeah. why don't we do it right now? Most people have never had that happen. That touches me. You know, because personally I was raised in a Christian home and I've had family members and churches all my whole life. And of course, through our lives, we've had issues with our families where we've needed spiritual healing and physical healing. And, you know, but to think about others that aren't, um, you know, others that don't have what we have physically and materially, That's right. That's but right. people that don't have what we have spiritually. That's right. Most people have never heard another person pray for them. Wow. If you don't take anything else away today, boy, that's a, that's a great thought to end on. So with that said, Psalm 1914, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Thank you, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit to Greatness. We sure do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get great updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. We sure do appreciate it. Signing off from the Grit to Great podcast studio. We'll talk to you next time.